Turn in your Bibles this morning to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. And last week we were in the early verses of John chapter 10, looking at the statement of Jesus when he said, I am the door. This morning we want to look at the statement of Jesus here in John chapter 10, where he says, I am the good shepherd. Now you'll notice as we look into this statement and the significance of it, that Jesus in the context is primarily speaking to the religious teachers of his day that had set themselves up as the shepherds who were to guide the people. But in this case, they were actually guiding the people away from Jesus Christ, who has, of course, the credentials as the Messiah, as the one who had come into the world to save our sins. And so, as such, these religious leaders who thought very highly of themselves were actually not good shepherds at all, but they were the evil shepherds who were spoken about in the book of Jeremiah, the evil shepherds who were looking to take advantage of the sheep to get something for themselves, all the while leading the people away from the truth. In contrast, Jesus is setting himself up as the good shepherd of the sheep. This is a significant statement to people who were accustomed to seeing the shepherds on the hills of Judea and Galilee caring for the animals that represented the wealth of the people. Those animals, of course, have to be cared for. They have to be led to areas of fresh pasture. They have to be brought to the waters to drink. And so much of this is memorialized in the 23rd Psalm, which of course is regarded as the shepherd's psalm, and which psalm the people that Jesus was speaking to on this occasion in John chapter 10 would have been very, very familiar with. And Jesus to these people says, I am the good shepherd. Look with me in verse number 11 where we'll begin reading and we'll make our way reading down through verse number 18. And Jesus says this, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth. And the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is an hireling and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd." Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. 
Then direct your attention a little farther down to verse number 26. Jesus says this, But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. As we study these I am statements of Jesus Christ, we find more and more about the person of Jesus. We find more and more about his identity and also about his purpose in coming to this world. Now, here in John 10, Jesus makes the statement, I am the good shepherd. And he proceeds in the passage to explain what the significance of that is and what it means that he is the good shepherd of the sheep. This morning, we want to consider the fact that Jesus is the good shepherd, and we want to see what Jesus has to say about this and what it means for Jesus to be the Good Shepherd. And as we proceed this morning, I want you to have in the back of your mind this question Is the Lord my shepherd? Many people have the impression that Jesus is their shepherd simply because they have some sentimental feelings about Jesus and because they've read the Bible and They have heard of Jesus, so they have this idea, the Lord is my shepherd. But this morning, I want you to ask yourself the question, is the Lord really your shepherd? And what does it mean if he is your shepherd? Now, several things in the passage that Jesus says about himself as the good shepherd. The very first thing, and the thing that stands out all across the whole passage is this truth that the good shepherd is distinguished by his sacrifice. Over and over again, Jesus is emphasizing that the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He loves the sheep. He gives his life for the sheep. He willingly sacrifices his life for the sheep. The phrase is used in verse number 11, right at the outset, as Jesus makes the claim, I am the good shepherd. And then he says, the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Now consider with me for just a moment what it means to give your life for sheep. Sheep. Have you ever been around sheep much? If you've been around sheep that are out in the field and in the, in the barn, and they're animals. They don't smell too good. You say, you know, I think most of us, We have this idea of sheep because we saw a picture of some cute little lamb and we thought, oh, it'd be nice to have a sheep and to have it in my house and take care of it. I'm telling you, it wouldn't be nice. You wouldn't enjoy it. They're dirty animals. They get themselves into all sorts of trouble. They eat things that they shouldn't. They have all kinds of digestive problems. The shepherd is required to care for those sheep and will talk about that in just a minute, but the shepherd is characterized here as giving his life for sheep. Now, sheep, why would you give your life for an animal? 
Why would you give up your life so that an animal could live? It doesn't make much sense. You say, well, because the shepherd, you know, those sheep are his wealth. That's, uh, that's valuable to him. So he would be willing to, to lay down his life. But in the case of Jesus Christ laying down his life for the sheep, what are we to him? What is the value that we give to him aside from the value that he has declared that we have? And yet the shepherd is characterized as giving his life for the sheep. Now Jesus is painting a contrast here beginning in verse 12 between the shepherd, the true shepherd, the good shepherd and the hireling. And just so we're clear on what Jesus is talking about, a hireling is someone who has no love and no affection for the sheep, but they are hired to watch the sheep. And Jesus says, you know, when the hireling gets in a jam or things get a little difficult with the sheep, the hireling figures, I could get another job. I I can go watch sheep somewhere else. I could take up a different occupation. Specifically, Jesus says, when the wolf is coming and is planning to go after the sheep, the hireling is not going to care about that. The hireling is not going to step in between the wolf and the sheep. In fact, the hireling is prone to say, take one, take two, take three, Uh, just don't take me. I, I don't worry about you taking some sheep if you want some sheep, because the hireling does not care about the sheep. The hireling is just paid to watch over the sheep. He sees the sheep as a means of revenue or selfish interest. But Jesus is painting himself in a completely different picture when he says, that's the hireling, but I am the good shepherd. And as the good shepherd, I willingly lay my life down for the sheep. In fact, he says that the shepherd, the true shepherd, will never flee in the face of the danger, the wolf that comes to consume the sheep. Now, you think about this, and of course, we could think about the physical picture that is being painted, and we're reminded, for instance, of David when he was a young man before he was chosen as the king of Israel, and how he uh, was the, the flock that he was watching, that he was shepherd over, was threatened by a lion and later by a bear. And David, as a true shepherd, stepped between that dangerous animal and the sheep and took care of those, uh, those dangers because he loved the sheep and he laid his life down, which told us something about his heart. And what kind of a king he would be later. God was developing him. But what we see here, what Jesus is describing is not just a physical picture. It is a spiritual picture. And bear in mind that this illustration of the hireling and the contrast between the hireling and the shepherd. And the shepherd being willing to face danger for the sheep and to lay his life down for the sheep. This is all in the context of Jesus' statement in verse 10, where he says, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I am come that ye might have life and that ye might have it more abundantly. And then the very next thing that Jesus says is, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. 
So notice this, that Jesus is describing himself in this way because he wants us to understand you and I are sheep. As sheep, we are in grave danger. And that danger is not a danger to our checking account or to our retirement account or to our health. It's not a danger to our physical life so much as it is a danger to our soul. And Jesus is saying there is a peril that the sheep are facing, but Jesus as the shepherd is willing to lay his life down for the sheep. He is going to sacrifice himself for the sheep. Ultimately, Jesus would demonstrate his willingness to be a sacrifice for the sheep by giving his life up, or as he says, by laying his life down. Verse 17, he mentions this. He says, therefore doth my father love me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. Then he's careful to say in verse 18, no man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. Now we know Those who were listening to this in John 10 were not aware of what we know. We know that Jesus, not long after John 10 in this conversation, is going to be put on the cross. And on the cross, Jesus is going to surrender his life. He's going to willingly give his life and shed his blood as a covering for the the sin of mankind. He's going to suffer there on the cross the wrath of God the Father against your sin and my sin. But what Jesus wants us to know is that he did not do that because he was forced to, but he did that because he willingly lays his life down for the sheep. Now understand this with me this morning. You have a shepherd, you have a savior who willingly has become a sacrifice so that your sins can be forgiven. This is what makes him the good shepherd because he is distinguished by his sacrifice. Jesus willingly and gladly laid his life down for us. And this is in complete contrast to the religious teachers that Jesus was addressing who were not willing to lay anything down for the sheep. They were merely trying to fleece the sheep so that they could get something for themselves. And Jesus is saying to them, in in so many words, you are the thieves that are contributing to the destruction of men's souls, but I am the great shepherd, the good shepherd, that lays his life down for the sheep. Now, I want you to consider with me this morning, where would we be if Jesus did not lay his life down for us? Because without his sacrifice, there would be no forgiveness. There would be no redemption. There would be no deliverance from sin. And we would be ravaged by the thief who has come to steal and kill and to destroy. In other words... Without the sacrifice of our shepherd, we would have nothing. So Jesus, as the good shepherd, says that he is distinguished by his sacrifice. And certainly, 
That is the thing that stands out about Jesus Christ in our minds when we think about him is the sacrifice that he willingly gave. But now notice also that the shepherd is not only distinguished by his sacrifice, but Jesus also describes himself in this way as the good shepherd. The good shepherd knows his sheep. He knows his sheep. In verse 11, he makes this statement, I am the good shepherd. And then a little farther down in verse 14, he says, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. To know a sheep. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? To know a sheep. The shepherd is one who is so closely connected to the sheep that he knows them. He knows their strengths and weaknesses. He knows their characteristics and their attributes so that he as the shepherd can tell the difference between each and every sheep, every ewe, every ram, every lamb. He knows and he knows which one belongs to which one and where they're connected And you and I, if we came in from the outside and looked at a flock of sheep, we'd say, well, they all look the same to me. We might see some that have some some sort of visible characteristics, some coloring that would make them stand out. But for the most part, if they're the same breed of sheep and you're looking at them, they're going to look just the same to you. And you won't have any idea what the difference is between them. But because the shepherd spends so much time with the sheep, he knows everything about them. And Jesus says this, I know my sheep and I am known of them. Now, this is a comforting thought to us because the kind of tender care that a shepherd takes for his sheep and the knowledge that a shepherd has of his sheep is the kind of care that is being described here of the Lord Jesus for those who are his sheep. And I want you to think for just a minute what it means to be known by our shepherd. First of all, our shepherd knows who are his sheep. He distinguishes them from others. You know, a shepherd could walk into a great group of sheep that are not necessarily all one flock, but just mixed together. And we're told this, that the Mideastern shepherds still do this. They can put all of their different flocks of sheep into a fold, and that shepherd can walk into that fold, and he knows which sheep belong to him. And he can call for those sheep, and they'll come, and they'll follow him out of the fold and he knows which ones belong to him and he knows how many there are and he knows their attributes and he knows if one gets mixed in that doesn't belong to him and he knows if one got left behind that is his and didn't come when he called. He knows his sheep. Now, aren't you thankful this morning that Jesus knows his sheep? If you are his sheep, he knows who you are. You might look in many ways like everyone around you. You might have many of the same attributes as all the people who live in the culture around you. But if you are one of his sheep, he knows who you are. He knows what distinguishes you from others. And I think it's a wonderful thing 
that God made us to be individuals. He made us to be unique. That uniqueness is part of what brings variety to creation. It's wonderful that we aren't all the same, actually. It's wonderful that we don't look exactly alike and that there's differences between us. But here's what I want you to know is that not only does the Lord Jesus value those differences, but he knows who belongs to him. Now, we might look out at the congregation this morning and not be able to tell who is one of his sheep and who is not. Because to some degree, we all look pretty much the same on the outside. After all, we've come to church. We're here on a Sunday morning, uh, presumably for the sake of worshiping God. And it would just be our assumption that everyone is his sheep. But that's not necessarily the case. And he knows which ones are his sheep, which ones belong to him. Not only that, not only does it mean that he knows who are his sheep, but also the shepherd knows what his sheep need. And this is something about a good shepherd, a shepherd that loves his sheep, that wants to care for them, wants to meet their needs. That that shepherd, because he knows the sheep, can often pick up on something that is wrong with the sheep. Before the, the sheep, and of course sheep can't ask, they can't talk, they can't say, hey, my hoof is hurting me, can you take a look at this? But a shepherd who is skilled at watching his sheep can tell when one of those sheep is favoring its leg or its foot. And he knows, hey, there's something that's wrong there. I need to take care of that. He knows the needs of his sheep. Isn't it a wonderful thing to know this morning that your shepherd knows exactly what you need? Wherever you may find yourself, whatever situation you may be in, your shepherd knows exactly what you need. And he is busy meeting that need. He knows who they are. He knows what they need. And honestly, when you think about it this way, the shepherd knows us better than we know ourselves. I don't know about you, but I've been guilty at times in the past of thinking that I know what is best for me. And I've even sometimes come to the Lord and said, Lord, I know exactly what I need. You need to do this for me. And then he disappoints me and he does something different. And I think, Lord, I thought you answered prayer. I thought that you cared about my needs. I thought that you would listen if I came and asked. And sometimes it's been as if the Lord said to me, don't you trust me to know what you need? Don't you have any confidence that I know what you really need? Don't you understand that what you are asking for is not what you really need, but I have something else in mind? Our shepherd has the ability to know what we need, and he knows us better than we know ourselves. Many times there are things that we need in our life, and I'm talking about spiritual needs, spiritual needs that we have. We don't know how to express those things. We don't even know what to ask for. We don't know where to begin. But our shepherd knows exactly what we need because he knows his sheep. The shepherd is distinguished by his sacrifice. The shepherd knows his sheep. 
But third of all, Jesus wanted us to know that the shepherd leads his sheep. It's described for us in this way that the good shepherd is bringing his sheep into the fold. In verse 16, he speaks about other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring. And we'll talk about who these other sheep are in just a minute. But understand that the shepherd is in the business of leading his sheep. It's a marvelous thing if you've ever seen a shepherd lead his sheep. A shepherd does not drive his sheep. He leads his sheep. The sheep follow him because they trust him, because they believe that he knows what is best and that he'll lead them to the green pastures and to the still waters. And Jesus says here that he is about the business of bringing his sheep into the fold. Now, the fold is a place of protection and a place of provision. As we spoke about last week when we were talking about Jesus being the door, the the fold is a place where Jesus can care for his sheep. It's a place where he is leading his sheep to the place that they need to be. Of course, the 23rd Psalm speaks about the leadership of the shepherd and how the, the, the shepherd leads his sheep into a place so that they will not want, so that their needs will be taken care of. So there is provision, but also in the fold, there is protection. And the fold is a place where the sheep are protected from the dangers that exist in the environment around them. And Jesus says, I'm leading my sheep into a place of protection and also a place of provision. Now, just a word about these other sheep that he's referring to in verse number 16. And in the context, I don't necessarily want to take you through the whole context and explain this to you, but I want you to understand that when he's referring to the other sheep who are not of this fold, he's referring to Gentiles. He's speaking primarily to Hebrews or to Jewish people And of course, they have this idea, well, we are the sheep of God and no one else has that privilege. And Jesus is expressing this truth. There are some other sheep that are not of this fold that I'm going to be bringing into the fold. And just so you know, that's me. And most likely that's you. Most of us who are here in the services this morning are Gentiles. And yet there has been a way that has been made for us to have relationship with God if we will follow the shepherd, if we will allow him to lead in our lives. But now think about the fact that the shepherd leads his sheep. And I want you to consider the question that I asked you to consider all through this message. And that question was, is the Lord my shepherd? And do you understand this morning that if you are not following him, He is not your shepherd. Because one of the ideas of what it means to be a shepherd is to lead. And to lead means that someone is following. And and what I want to suggest to you is that there are many, many people who have this idea, the Lord is my shepherd. And they love the the 23rd Psalm, "The, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And they think that's such a comfort to them. But the truth is that they're not interested at all in the Lord being their shepherd. Now, they want the Lord to comfort them. They want the Lord to care for them. 
They want the Lord to provide for them and meet their needs, but they are not interested at all in the Lord leading them. They, they would say, I have to follow him? You mean he's going he's to lead the way and tell me where to go and what to do? I'm not interested in that. And that's truly the attitude that many people have about the shepherd. But if the Lord is your shepherd, he is leading his sheep. Now, I'm not suggesting that you're perfect in your following of him. I'm not suggesting that there's never any struggle. But on the whole, the sheep follow the shepherd. And you'll notice that Jesus is careful to point out in verse 16, there shall be one fold and one shepherd. And you say, now what is that speaking about? Well, I believe it's emphasizing this fact, whether you are Jew or Gentile, whether you are rich or poor, whether you are educated or uneducated, whether you are from high culture or what do you call it? Little culture or no culture? Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter where you come from. There is one fold and there is one shepherd. In other words, there is one way of salvation. There is one means of being in relationship with God. There is one shepherd. There are not many, many ways to God and you pick which one you like the best. There is one way to God and that is Jesus himself. He says there's one fold. Jew, Gentile, rich, poor, everybody is going to be a part of the same fold. Everybody that comes to the shepherd is going to be incorporated into that fold and he is going to be their shepherd. Praise God for that. We know that the shepherd is going to lead. He leads his sheep. Many people talk about wanting the Lord to be their shepherd, but what they have in mind is more of him meeting their needs without them submitting to his leadership. To have him be your shepherd means he leads his sheep. Now, Jesus points out the shepherd is distinguished by his sacrifice. The shepherd knows his sheep. The shepherd leads his sheep. And then a fourth truth that Jesus emphasizes about himself in John 10, found in verses 26 through 30, is that the shepherd secures his sheep. And this is really a a continuation of the thought from last week about Jesus saying, I am the door. And we talked a little bit about security last week and how Jesus, as the door, secures his sheep. But now he's emphasizing the fact, I am the good shepherd. And as the good shepherd, I guarantee the security of my sheep. The shepherd secures his sheep. Now he says something In verse 26, that is quite startling as he opens this section. He says to these religious leaders and these Jews who are gathered around him here at the temple, he's in Jerusalem as he's speaking about this. And in verse 26, he says, But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. What? We're not of your sheep? And Jesus is pointing out that though they are religious... And though they think very highly of themselves and believe that they are the sheep of God, Jesus says, you're not my sheep at all. And the reason that I know you're not my sheep, besides the fact that he's God and he knows everything, is because he says, you don't listen to my voice. 
I'm speaking, I'm telling you the truth, and you are actively opposing me and disagreeing with me and going your own direction, you are not my sheep. So I want you to understand right at the outset, before we start talking about the security that the shepherd gives, one of the marks of a true sheep is that they, they listen to the voice of the shepherd. And this morning, you may say, well, I'm Baptist. I've got my Bible. I dressed up to come to church. I'm here on Sunday morning. But are you hearing his voice? Are you following him? Are you submitting to his leadership? Because if not, chances are you are not his sheep. You may look the part on the outside, but if in your heart you are in rebellion against his voice, there's a big problem. And so as you're thinking about, is the Lord my shepherd? You should be asking yourself about your response to his voice. Because those who are his sheep hear his voice. But now go on as we're talking about the security that the shepherd provides. Jesus says in verse 27, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Again, emphasizing the truth that the true sheep of the shepherd hear his voice and they follow him, they submit to his leadership. But notice the promise in verse 28, and I give unto them eternal life. Eternal life. And they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. The shepherd secures his sheep. Now, this is important. Listen to me carefully. Why do people not want to hear or listen to the voice of the shepherd? The reason is because they believe they know better than the shepherd. They believe if I listen to the voice of the shepherd, the shepherd being Jesus, and the voice of the shepherd being the word of God, the commands and the principles of scripture. And people say, if I follow that, if I live in that way, it's going to ruin my life. It's not going to bring me to a place of security. I'm going to lose everything. My life is going to be a waste. I'm going to have no fun. I'm going to be, I'm going to be one of these people that's never going to enjoy their life. My life is going to be thrown away. I don't want to listen to what God has to say. I have a better idea. I'm going to listen to my own heart. I'm going to do things my way. I'll pretend like the Lord is my shepherd, but I'm going to do what I want to do. And the reason that people do that is because they're afraid that the shepherd will bring them to a place of insecurity. But the truth, the guarantee, the promise from God is that the shepherd secures his sheep. That is God's promise. If you ignore his voice and you go in your own path, you are actually walking straight into destruction. Because the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that ye might have life. Life in the Bible is defined as relationship with God. And that ye might have it more abundantly. Now, if you follow the voice of the shepherd... You follow his leadership, you allow him to be your shepherd, you'll find that he will bring you to a place of security in your life. We talked a little bit last week about what security is, safety, peace, rest, that idea of being secure. Jesus says, I guarantee that my sheep are safe, that they are secure. Now, 
Does this mean that nothing bad will ever happen to his sheep? No, it does not. No, it does not. Because his promise is not a promise of primarily physical or temporal safety. His promise is specifically of eternal safety. And oftentimes we are focused on the physical, on the temporal, on that which is short-term and temporary, and we are ignoring that which is eternal. Many men are trying to preserve their life or save their soul, and in the process, they're selling their soul to the devil in the world. They think, no, I'm taking care of myself, but what they're doing is giving it all away. But what Jesus is interested in is eternal life. He wants us to have a never-ending relationship with God. And he promises that if we will follow him, we will never perish. Now, again, this does not mean that we will skip having to deal with physical death. He's speaking about eternal death. He's speaking about spiritual death. And he's assuring us that despite the fact that we might face physical death here, there is something that is beyond this life that is much, much more important. And for those who follow the shepherd, they are guaranteed eternal life. And what is the guarantee of that eternal life? Well, the guarantee of that eternal life, according to verse 28, is neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Then in verse 29, he follows up with this, My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. What is the guarantee of eternal life? It is the strength of our shepherd's hand. How strong is this hand? Oh, This hand is the one that is described in the book of Psalms as everything that we see in the sky, the stars, and all of the heavenly bodies is just the work of his fingers. That's how strong his hand is. And so he says that those who are his sheep are in his hand. And he says, nobody's going to be able to pluck them out of my hand. There's no one that is strong enough. There's no devil that is strong enough to take you out of the shepherd's hand and take life away from you. But then, as if that was not enough, Jesus says, my father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. So we are in his hand, and we are in the father's hand. I think we're secure. I don't think anybody's going to be able to overcome the power of the triune God to pluck our soul away so that we would lose our salvation. So understand this, once you are a sheep, once you have begun to follow Jesus Christ, the guarantee of Jesus is you are secure. There's no danger of you losing your salvation or being snatched out of his hand. You belong to him And he has already proven that he will do anything to preserve you. He's already laid down his life. There is no danger of any power being sufficient to take you out of the Father's hand and out of the shepherd's hand. You are secure and you are safe. You see, for the sheep, 
that followed the shepherd, the closer they stayed to the shepherd, the safer they were. There was no wolf that was going to be able to overcome the power of that shepherd. There was no enemy that was going to be able to overcome him because he had prepared himself to lay down his life for the sheep. In like manner, the Lord Jesus Christ promises us that if we follow him, we are secure with him. What a significant statement. I am the good shepherd. But now this morning, I return to the question that I asked you at the beginning of this message. He is the good shepherd. But is he your shepherd? Are you following him? Do you know his voice? Has he identified you as one of his sheep? Do you have relationship with him? Have you put your confidence in his sacrifice, in the laying down of his life for you? Is Jesus your shepherd?